We like our quiet time. Get in silent with DPW. The silent podcast. ASMR. What does that mean? Like, ass to... <laughs> no, that, that wouldn't be ass to mouth. Uh, ASMR, that's audio stimulation and uh, miraculous racks. Yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. Boobs. Boobs. How many phrases are there for boobs? Not enough. Are there more for boobs than there are wieners? You got boobs, fun bags, s- what is it, sweater puppies? Yeah, but you can almost make anything for a dick, though. A dick, yeah, tallywhacker, penis, dong, one-eyed wiggling Welshman, dong, schlong, my personal favorite, <laughs> schlong, dingling, dingling, um, Peter, pecker, dick, cock, balls, balls, that, <laughs> I'm, I'm going south. I, I don't think there's enough, though. I mean, you can make some up, but yeah. that are actually out there in the ether that people use. My Xfinity bill is due. <laughs> oh, fuck. Sorry, I got a pop-up. I don't. Did it bing? Usually, it I, didn't, I didn't hear anything. That's why Xfinity is fucking sneaky. Goddamn Comcast. They throw those bills at you like a month early. It's not due till the very end of the month. They'll throw it at, like that was fucking June's. So they'll throw it at you a month early so you forget about it. <laughs> and they also make it silent. That way you don't pay it on time. You gotta pay that uh, that extra fee. God damn it. Okay, we're doing a podcast episode, so we should probably get into the topic. I kind of like talking about the boobs, though. Yeah. Did I say fun bags? I think so. Over the boulder, over the shoulder boulder holder. I always like breasticles. Breasticles? So, like, boob testicles? Yeah, I've said that at work, and I I don't think people, it it took them a couple times, and then they're like, hey, wait a minute, you said breasticles, but it's nothing like, it's not like I said, you know... A dirty word or anything. I kind of like the old black man breastuses. You just add the extra estuses. Baby, I like your breastuses. Breast eyes. Are you allowed to look at boobs anymore? I mean, you can't help it if they're there. But I mean, like, it used just, to be you'd just get a like a glare at your coming I mean, your way. You're probably not allowed to just ogle at them, open mouthy Julie <laughs> like a cartoon. <laughs> Like when a hungry like uh like a hungry wolf sees a steak or what's that? Who, uh, I was gonna go with see, when people see pies in the windows in cartoons. <laughs> they just they're not even touching the ground. They yeah. just float over. See, I was gonna say just hungry baby, but you went you went deep with the wolf. At least the hungry baby has like a, a reason. Yeah, I was going somewhere and it was gonna be gross. It was something to do with a hooker and a penis. And being hungry, but I lost it. It did. You know what? It it started to form and said, "Nope, bail, bad idea, aborted." All right. Speaking of abortions, let's get to this episode. <laughs> Mina san. Konnichiwa, anadawa yaparai penkaku podikasutu oikiato amas. Nope. I I I, I, pr- I think I told somebody to fuck their mother. Yeah, well, I mean. Take two. We, we'll just keep all the takes. <laughs> 45. Mm-hmm. The problem is when they have double letters, they extend the word. So you have to say it like, konnichiwa. Mm. Anyway. Minasan, 
Konnich. I didn't say that happy enough. You gotta be happy. Yeah, you don't sound schoolgirl enough. Yeah. Minasan konnichiwa, another way up or ripen kaku podigasuto okiatiyamas. That sounds like something that I hear right before I see something dirty on the internet. <laughs> Today is our Japanese episode. As you can tell by that wonderful introduction with me. Well, I guess I should introduce myself too. See, I'm all flustered now. Mm-hmm. All fucking flu. This is what happens when you try to start it in a whole different language. Yeah. I, th- I probably should have did Spanish. That's easier. But this isn't a Spanish episode. My name, your host, the host with the most, Caleb James. With me as always, Spencer, the Louisiana lady lover, mm-hmm. church. I went Southern today. I would have did it in a Southern accent, but I don't know if you, they have that in Louisiana. Well, you should have tried the one with some kind of Japanese name. You free- I was thinking about it, but... I don't know. What, what could you have been? Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is Fukushima fuckboy. So do you want to be... The, do you want that? Do you really want that? Or you want to be the Louisiana lady lover? I like them both. You like them both? You could be the Fukushima fuckboy. Okay. Oh, Goddamn Xfinity. Fuck off. <laughs> They're another, harassing another I get an email. I get a text. Jesus. Anyway... Ooh, what is yeah, what was that? I don't know. Whoa, something buzzed in my head. Electric surge, maybe. All right. Today, we're gonna break down a little Japanology. dot org. That's the website we're on. We are looking up fourteen Japanese authors you should know in the books you need to read. This one. Who is the author of this fancy article? I don't know, but we're gonna steal your list. Because Spencer, unlike my cultured self, isn't too f- familiar with the Japanese market. No. Not Especially into the Japanese can... literature? No. The closest thing would come is, like, I could maybe throw some, like, <laughs> like manga references at you. That's the, that's the only thing. It's not thing. the same. It is not the same. It's nowhere near. No. I'm just telling you what I got. Let's see what their introduction here is. Oh, man, I can't read the first name on here. Anyway, often dark but full of humor and valuable life lessons, Japanese literature has a long history of producing entertaining as well as intellectually stimulating authors. Here are 14 Japanese authors and some of their most notable works that are definitely worth a read. Oh yeah. Now I know some of these authors because I read quite a large amount of Japanese fiction, but my author selection isn't too varied. I only read like four Japanese authors. So you go beyond that, I might not be... I might just be as lost as you, Spencer. You think any of them going to be on this list? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah, baby. Yeah. I'm going to be kind of upset if some of them aren't on this list because they're must-reads. But this might be a more modern... Well, this first guy's old as shit, so I don't know if it's going to be modern. <laughs> All right. Our first author on the list in no particular order. <laughs> Kenzaburo Oe. I think that's how you say his name. Kenzaburo Ode. That sounds a little better. All right. His novel, short stories, and essays deal with political, social, and philosophical issues. These topics typically including nuclear weapons, nuclear power, social conform- conformism, and existentialism. His most notable works are A Personal Matter, a semi-autobiographical dark tale which tells the story of a man who must come to terms with the birth of his mentally disabled son in The Silent Cry, a story of two brothers in the early 1960s. 
Ooh. Now I'm going to tell you something, Spencer. In my experience with Japanese literature, these mofos go into some dark stuff. Yeah. And they don't always go with a happy ending. I don't know if I've read one that had a happy ending yet. Maybe like an ending that was... It fit the story, but they don't seem to take the same. Everything has to be, you know, wrapped up and happy at the end like we do. Well, here's the author. Oh, man. I'm drinking a fancy, clear, American, unsweetened blackberry seltzer water. And Spencer's over here drinking a fucking straight bottle of bourbon. Jesus. Yes, just He got like a fancy heart-shaped swirly straw in it. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, this next author I've been wanting to read. I've told... Many great things about her, but I just haven't... My list is too long. Banana Yoshimoto. The pen name of Japanese writer Mahoko Yoshimoto. She comes from a family full of creative talent. Yoshimoto is the daughter of the famous poet and critic Takaki Yoshimoto and her sister Haruno Yokio is a well-known cartoonist in Japan. Yoshimoto says she wants to portray through her works the exhaustion of young Japanese and contemporary Japan in the way in which terrible experiences shape a person's life. Her publications include 12 novels and 7 collections of essays, her most notable being her debut title, Kitchen. Now, I heard that novel was really good. And I think she's pretty young, so 12 novels, 7 collections of essays, that's... That's a lot of writing. Yeah, that's... I'm always curious, though, because the one thing about Japanese writing is, like, the books are smaller, and usually, like, a single novel is actually three books, or, like, they stretch them out, yeah. but I don't know if, because the, the translations, I wonder if the English translations are actually longer than the books are normally, because mm -hmm. a lot of, like, phrases and things we have are just a single word in J Japanese, yeah. or they have single words or kanji for, you know, big sentences. So, uh, that'd be kind of interesting to see. I bet the translation, like, if you were a translator, that'd be a hard fucking job. Oh, man. Because there's a lot of things that just don't, we don't have a saying for it. Mm. Well, there's probably stuff that they don't have a saying for our, like, for our stuff, probably. Yeah, well, I'm sure that, yeah, there's a lot of things that, are, Jesus, fucking blow me up here. Ashley Hatter, goddamn, man, you're sending me 80, 80 fucking DMs here. We were talking about, for you folks who are interested, we started a Goodreads Facebook group. And, or not Facebook group, a Goodreads book club group. Jesus, get it together, Caleb. Um, Mr. Ashley has taken it upon himself to be the moderator, and so far we're already getting a bunch of stuff. People. Good, good. Free booze, hookers, all that stuff. All that jazz. Um, I'm going to read this later, Ashley, so... By the time you fucking hear this episode a month from now, I... Uh, uh, hopefully we'll get it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, he won't think I'm just fucking ignoring him. I just... You're in the middle of some shit. Get him to him later. Next author on this list is the one I'm most familiar with, and he's definitely probably my favorite Japanese author, and the one who's most popular in America, as far as I understand. He's like the Stephen King of Japan, Haruki Murakami. That, he's... The, is he the book... The guy who, who wrote that book? When we went to that uh, that store up in Pittsburgh, is that who you got? Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, I've, I've heard you talk about his stuff a lot, and I've. Been you need to check him out. Yeah, I, I want to. I want to. I read most of his uh, bibliography. We actually brought him up, I think, in the last episode about magic because the magical realism. He most of his stories have like hints of magic to them, but they're not magical stories. It's just like a weird thing that goes on in these stories, but it's definitely set in real world. Real places like Tokyo and stuff like that. So okay. I think you'd dig it. I have to look into 
purchasing some of his work. I have some of his print books you can borrow. I've read some of his doorstops via Kindle, so you cannot borrow those no, because you're a, not allowed. He's a big. He's a big story guy. Most of his stories, I would say, are in the two hundred to three hundred range. What, what is this? Do you hear that? Is that yeah? Good? We're getting feedback from something. Maybe something's touching. Is it good now? I can't hear anything. Oh my god, I'm gone dead. Oh, wait, there we are. Maybe not. Anyway, Haruki Mirakami. Mirakami, by the way. They think that he might be the runner-up for the Nobel Prize in Literature for, like, the last fucking 20 years or yeah. something. Because it, I don't think... I think it's, like, 50 years after your nomination that the list comes out of who was voted for. So, unless you actually won, you don't know you were voted for until 50 years later. So, they think that he's probably That's close kinda to... kind of messed up. Yeah, they want you to be dead so you don't get offended or... I don't know. Because another one who might be on this list, Yukio Mishima, he... he uh they said that he probably came in second a lot of times, but they never knew. And then it turned out 50 years later, you know, he's, well, he's long dead. He did come in second a lot. So imagine being like that close to winning a Nobel Prize. So many times. But you never get to know why you're alive. Or if you do, you're like 90. Anyway, Murakami has won numerous awards both in Japan and internationally for his fiction and nonfiction works. His novels are frequently surrealistic and melancholic or fatalistic. Marked by reoccurrent themes of alienation and loneliness, Mirakami's most critically acclaimed works include A Wild Sheep Chase, awesome book, Norwegian Wood, awesome book, but that was, uh, it was a lot toned down for his style. That was like one of his few not super magical kind of weird things. The Wind-Up Bird Chronicle, Kafka on the Shore, and 1Q84. I've read every single book on that list. I remember you showed me the 1Q84 before, like the actual... Yeah, that was a cool book. Um, His style, though, I will say is not for everybody because he likes to kind of bring out the mundane in like various situations so you might get you not it's not that you might you will get it like the main character fucking cooking dinner and there's like a unnecessary passage about what he's making and that shows up a lot. So if you don't like that kind of things, it's not it fits the story though the way he does it and has a purpose and it shows like what kind of character you're dealing with. But every character, too, I've read from him, for the most part, has kind of been Haruki Mirakami, like the protagonist. Uh, it's usually like an unnamed or like an unnamed middle-aged man who likes to drink whiskey and cooks at home and stuff. Pretty much Mirakami. Like, that's probably what he did a lot. Because he used to own a jazz bar, so jazz always comes up in his books, too. But, uh, you know, I'm me, myself, I like jazz, I like whiskey, I like cooking. So. I, but I can see how people right. might not like the... Right, well, you know... Yeah, yeah, but his story's cool, too, because, like I said, he owned a jazz bar, and I think one day during a baseball game, he just decided, you know what, I want to write a book, and then he did in 10 months or something, and then he won a big award, and now he's the Stephen King of Japan. Next up, Amy Yamada, a popular but controversial contemporary Japanese writer. She is most famous for her stories that address issues of sexuality, racism, and interracial marriage, topics not typically discussed openly in Japanese society. Bedtime Eyes and Trash are two of her most recommended works. I was going to say, you don't really hear about those themes in Japan too much. So I could see that being a controversial lady. It doesn't even have her picture in here. Yeah. I never heard of her. What the fuck? 
Maybe she nobody's ever seen a, her. Unless she's an older writer or something. I, yeah, it doesn't give a date, doesn't get anything. Well, I figure it would, because like, they're pretty kind of strict over there, right? And that's Japan where, uh, where it's like the, you shouldn't have any tattoos, and if they, you do, they're always covered at like, all they're times. They're trying to change it because they're getting the Olympics in 2020. But like a lot of bathhouses, which are very popular there, uh, you know, spas, yeah, they uh, won't let you in if you have a tattoo, visible tattoo. And even if you're a foreigner, a lot of times they'll make you covered or they won't let you in. But that's because the uh, Yakuza, yeah, they are. they wear they you know they're heavily covered with tattoos, like you know, neck to fucking torso. The reason the tattoo culture is so frowned upon, not just because of the Yakuza, it started in Japan criminals would like whoever caught them would purposely tattoo them as an act of shame and then over time the criminals would change the tattoos and kind of embraced it so if you're you have tattoos kind of means you're in with the criminal elements another quick sidebar i guess originally like piccolo had like only like three fingers and a thumb but they changed it like i think for the american version because because well, of, like, the cues that, like, you know, if you stole it in the bag, they... You cut off a finger. finger. So, like, a lot of those people were always missing fingers. Hmm. Something, something along them lines. Interesting. I, I'd have to Makes look, sense. I'd have to look that back up to... Uh, like, it was, it was an article I read, like, a couple years ago. Right. Yeah, and then as far as racism in Japan, it's obviously a lot different than here. For them, the main countries that they're racist against are uh, Korea and China. Yeah. So if you're Korean or Chinese, you'll get a lot of racism. White people, black people, they don't seem to care too much about. What's the other one? Sexuality. Japan has a long history of being an overly masculine culture because, you know, the samurai code. And then after World War II, they kind of fell back. And with the change in society, it was almost like some were embracing more of a feminine culture. But then you had, the you know, people, I guess they would be conservatives in our country or over there rather, but... Whatever their right wing is, it's not the same as our politics, but it's more of the masculine, overbearing kind of guys. Like, so you still have those elements. So if you were gay, I would imagine it would be very strange depending on where you lived over there. I don't know how open you can be. Like, Tokyo is probably cool. You can walk down the street. But again, they don't, I would think they might frown upon that because they're uh, like a group culture over there. Unlike us, who's individual. Everyone wants their own success and their own family they care about. Over there, it's like everybody as a group. So if you're in the street, you can't make a scene or be trying to show yeah, off because you're embarrassing like, everybody. They always seem like even if they were, if they, if somebody over there, like you were over there and you were doing something that they didn't approve of or didn't, or didn't like, they wouldn't probably say anything to you. They as, just give you that. That, no, that look. Yeah, they, they glare at you from a distance, and they usually won't say and anything. Over here, if you did something that somebody doesn't like, somebody's like, "Fuck off!" They're gonna let you know that they don't like it. But if you actually lived in Japan, like if you're a Japanese person, say you worked in the office, you can't do your own thing. If you do your own thing and it goes against the group in some way, that's a big insult to everybody. So, Shame. yeah, you're supposed to be. Yeah, you don't. It's very hard to stand out. So when we read a list of you know great Japanese writers. That's kind of impressive over there just for the fact that that means you did have to kind of stand above the rest. Yeah. You know, to make as a writer. And granted, they have actors and stuff. And things are changing over there. It's not like, you know, the 50s still. But society over there is a lot. It's just a cultural difference that it'd probably be very jarring for, like, people like us to go there. Because we're sitting there doing a podcast and we're loud and stuff. I don't even know if they have Japanese podcasts. 
I mean, I'm sure there's something, but I don't know if it would be like you watch the TV shows. It's very animated and they even have like all the pictures of people's reactions on the corners because it's always about like how other people feel. Oh, here we go. Another Mirakami. Ryu Mirakami. He's apparently very uh, excellent writer and I have not checked out his work yet either. My problem is I have so many American writers I still yeah. want to read. And then I got my Russian collection and I got some South American. And I did my plan over the winter, which I didn't have time to get to yet, was uh, I want to check out some African authors. Because I never really read African fiction. Because I'm always interested to see just kind of like the styles. Yeah. Like Japanese writers seem to have a very specific style, Russian. So I would think, it's, you know, like an African style. There's so many countries in Africa. It's pro- It would be probably... Uh, very different, say, if you had a Ethiopian writer versus someone from South a- now, South Africa. The Japanese books that you have read have like the translation caused any trouble? Like, have there been like parts or like sentences that just like it takes you kind of like an extra second to get through because it might be well I, phrased weird or something or for most of the editions I have the uh, translations are usually done by somebody who's been doing translations for a long time. Or for like a Mirakami, he actually translates his own work and a lot of times because he can speak English. And uh, like he, he translated, like, translated, I think, a lot of F. Scott Fitzgerald's work to Japanese. Oh. And he works with specific translators. So it's, it's almost like, well, actually, the way he described it was he will read the English version of his book because it's obviously different than the one he wrote in Japanese. And he says it's like reading a a different story or like the same story, but it's written by somebody else. Yeah. So he works with uh, these translators and just because of the translation of, you know, the kanji, like we were talking earlier, how different it can be. You pretty much have to tell your own story using somebody else's story. I would say it's a completely original work. Like, just word-wise, but the stories are still Mirakamis. So I think most Japanese fiction's like that. It, it, it probably helps with him, too, that he can speak English himself. Yeah, so he can kind of get the point. And, like, of- so, like, whenever he talks to the translator, he be, he can be like, you know, whenever you see this in, in the story, it means kind of this. And, you know, when you translate, like, you know, they probably have right. a good, like, shorthand of, and, like, a, like a system mapped out i would think what i found um like what i found another difference between like say a russian literature or classic russian literature versus japanese a lot of the japanese even with the english translations you still get a lot of japanese words or phrases in there because there is no translation and uh they would just kind of throw usually it's just single words but they'll just kind of throw that in and i mean try to figure out by context I can see that happening a lot with like like names of places or things, right? Like you know, like cities. Yeah, and, you have and, to and, and stuff like that. But just like different festivals and stuff, they'll do that with. But say you're talking about a tea ceremony, instead of just saying tea ceremony, they'll use the Japanese word for tea ceremony, and uh, it gives it a little. You know, yeah. I like that because it lets you know you read some fucking written by a Japanese person. Which the story at least takes place over there. Yeah. Ryu Mirakami is a Japanese novelist, short story writer, essayist, and filmmaker. His works explore human nature through the dark themes of disillusion, drug use, murder, and more, set in Japan. His best-known novels are Almost Transparent Blue, Coin Locker Babies, and In the Miso Soup. I wish I would have put some links on here so we can actually click on the uh, 
you know, go to like Amazon or something, check out the books and the prices. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't know if you've noticed, but some of the, I don't, it doesn't say the author here, but some of the uh, punctuation and comma uses here make the fucking reading this a little difficult <laughs> because it breaks up in weird places. For instance, like this last sentence, you know, themes of disillusion, drug use, murder, and war set in Japan. And they just, uh, they, they made murder and, and war one, but then they did another comma and just fucking me up. Next up, Natsuo Cardino. Kirino. It's hard for me to say the R's in Japanese because it's between an L and a D, but sometimes it's just, it's still pronounced R, but like, for instance, Carino. I think it's actually Cadino, or like it's hard to say. I can't do the D and L at the same time. It's like this, your tongue touches at the top of your mouth. But Natsuo Cadino, the pen name of Mariko Hashioka, this Japanese novelist is a leading figure in the recent boom of female writers of Japanese detective fiction. Carino's hmm. work works such as her most notable novel Out. Ask the readers what they would do if something awful happened to them. Carino hopes her novels can help her readers through hard times and be comforted. Here's another thing. Like a Natsuo, I would have no idea if that was a girl. Yeah, right? Yeah, I was like... And I still don't understand the Japanese naming because it's like the last name first, right? But I think modern Jap- uh, Japanese don't necessarily go by that. So, like Amy Yamada. Clearly Yamada's her last name, but it's not Yamada Amy. But Man. if you read like... Uh, Natsume Suzeki, he's a classic writer. I think it's actually Suzeki Natsume. So it's it's throws me off, man. I never know. And then the honorifics they throw in there, I never goddamn know because there's always all these fucking squigglies in there that means like Mister or something. Ooh, Shintaro Ishihara. Ishihara is Ishihara. Yeah, that's a good one. You like that? You just reminded me of the. The uh, the shitty walking owner. Shitty walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. South Park, you know. <laughs> the fake Chinese man. <laughs> yeah, just the just like those double the 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 H I H there. I think <laughs> it's just it just sounded like him. Tickled your fancy. Yeah. Ishihara is an author who was also governor of Tokyo from ninety nine to two thousand twelve. Ooh, that's a less a long time. Yeah, his dad is. His book, The Japan That Can Say No, co-authored with Sony chairman Akio Morita and published in 1989, called on his countrymen to stand up to the United States. So here's another thing I'm seeing. A lot of these Japanese writers seem to be either involved in politics or big corporations, even yeah. if, you know, even if they're well-established writers. Um, and I think that kind of, especially in the 90s I, or 80s and 90s, I guess that was a big, because most of like Haruki Murakami stories, the protagonist either had an office job or is working in one. Well, I think that's like. It's a very work heavy culture. I mean, say, isn't that what like a lot of people do over there? Is Yeah, if you don't have a job, they really look down upon you. That's another thing they're kind of trying to change. But, I mean, is there, like, just a lot of, like... I mean, I know you probably, you probably have, like, restaurants and different businesses and stuff like that. But it just seems like there's cubicle, like, office, office like, structure, like, b- big businesses. Like, mm-hmm. the heavy... You know, everybody's wearing a suit over there because that's the kind of... Yeah. Yeah, they're definitely... Kind of work that you do. If you ever get a chance, look up some uh, YouTube videos on, like, working in an office over there. It's very weird. Like, some of the offices have, uh, granted, these are probably better companies. 
they have uh, petting zoos in the offices. They have fucking restaurants and they have after work bars that you're kind of not like sometimes it's almost required to go with your bosses and drink. It's kind of cool, but at the same time, who wants to work fucking 16 hours a day? Next up, Mitsuo Kamuta. Altogether, Kakuta, not Kamuta. Where did I get an M? Mitsuo Kakuta. Altogether, Kakuta has written over 80 works of fiction. Her most notable works include the prize-winning A Blissful Pastime, Woman on the Other Shore, and The Eighth Day, which has been made into a television series, drama, and film. Well, damn, she got the whole... She is currently working on in. translating the tale of Genji into modern Japanese. Why do they not have pictures for any of the ladies? I've n- noticed that, yeah. I don't... It's weird. Well, I'm surprised that there's been just so many ladies on the list to be- at all. I just would figure with that the way that culture over there... And- uh, well, a lot of uh, modern Japanese writers are women. Well, that, now that makes sense, but if... Again, I- they don't have dates on these ones, and since we don't have a picture, I can't tell if these... You know, if there's older women on here, early 20th century women. Like, like obviously, this next one's, like, a, an older guy. Yeah. Well, you know what? Now that I think about think about it, though, I don't know of any female Japanese writers before the 50s. Like, I don't remember ever reading any. I mean, they probably wouldn't, wouldn't like... I don't want to say not allowed, but that was probably not a... Yeah, you bring up a, a good thing point. thing that they did. For a lo- I think until after World War II, women were kind of subservient to men almost. Like, they weren't servants to men, but they were... Even now, you still have that stereotype of women are kind of supposed to do what the men want. And uh, that's probably why there's a record of uh, 40-year-old versions in Japan right now. Next up, one of my personal favorites, and the man that got me into Japanese... Literature, the first Japanese writer that I got into his work, Sozeki Natsume. In Japan, Natsume is often considered as the greatest writer in modern Japanese history. So important, in fact, that from 1984 until 2004, his portrait appeared on the front of the Japanese thousand dollar yen or thousand yen note. He is best known for his novels Bachin, Kokoro, I Am a Cat, and his unfinished work Light and Darkness. I have also read all those, and they are excellent. Now, when was this? When was this guy alive? Um, his writing was the late, the end of the eighteen hundreds and the early nineteen. I think his last work came out in before World War One, so um, probably nineteen fifteen ish. He died of an ulcer or something like one of those diseases people don't die from now. See, but why, why can't we ever have have an ulcer? Aus- I probably got one. <laughs> <laughs> that uh, like. That you're such a good writer that you could... Get a money? Yeah, you could put on money. We say that for presidents over here. Dude, fucking throw out a $70 bill, slap Stephen King on it. Right? Or replace one of the racist presidents like Andrew Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Fuck him. We can, you can put a fucking uh, Maya Angelou on there or something. Give us somebody cool. If you could pick, what author would you want on your money? You have to see him all the time. It would have to probably be Stephen King. Yeah, that's a pretty good selection. I mean, just... He's probably all time favorite author. He's, here's you know, the thing, though. I feel like they're going to want to... It's got to be a dead guy, though, right? Uh, if you're going dead guy, hmm. I would think they might go with like a Hemingway or... That would make sense. You got to think... Of, I'm Not just because of his writing, but because of fame, level of success, and... Hunter H. Thompson? Handsomeness. Hunter H. Thompson? No, they would Can you not. imagine just having his bald head? It would fit, though. Imagine doing coke. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling up that uh, dollar bill with Hunter H. Thompson. That's fitting. That makes so much sense. That is fitting. 
<laughs> if we ever pick up a Japanese listener, they're going to be like, one, they're probably going to turn off immediately after the introduction. Uh, but if they you stick, told me to what? What? If they do stick through, they're just like, I'm not, I'm not even going to do like an accent, but they're just going to fucking be, be very upset. We dishonored their family. We're sorry. We're very sorry. Uh, did I read? You? Yeah. No, did you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because of the money. Yeah, um, Light and Darkness is his last book. It was a big fucking book, and he didn't even finish it. And it left me on such a goddamn cliffhanger because it wasn't finished. I was like, "What the hell happens?" Because it's like a love story kind of, but I think it's like a, a love triangle from what I remember. And at the very end, they kind of finally meet like all three people that are in this triangle, and then he died. And it's like, "What happens?" Oh wow! Yeah, there's no end to it. Next up is Kenzo Kitakara. Kita- there's too many T's. Kenzo Kitataka. <laughs> Try saying that word. I, thought, I, thought, I think I'm, like a, I'm on like a Hannibal Bayer cartoon. Kitakata. Kitakata. That's what gets me is that there's only two T's, but it's the double A, triple A's. Kitakata. This Japanese novelist is known for his hard boiled crime fiction style novels. Seems to be also a theme in these modern writers. His most acclaimed works include Ashes, which follows the fortunes of a Yakuza mobster, Winter's Sleep about an ex-con painter, and City of Refuge, which tells the story of a man running from not only the police, but also from the mob with a kidnapped boy. That seems... I've never, like... That's a weird thing, like... Because whenever you go to, like... Like, whenever, you know, the hard boy or, like, crime, like, you know, noir kind of stories... I always just pictured those set... 1930s New York. Um, yeah, or someplace else, like, maybe, like, L.A., but so, in America, to, like, try to take that, picture that over there, that would be kind of pretty interesting. Well, may I suggest something to you? Perhaps we order one of this fellow's books and you give it a read. Uh, maybe uh. that'll be an interac- introduction, because I don't really read hard-boiled shit to begin with. Not that I wouldn't like it. I think I would really like it, but that's a wormhole for me. Yeah. I know I read some mystery or hard-boiled fiction. I'm going to be like, I love this genre. I'm going to read 50 more. And there's so I love much, page-turners. And there's so much of that stuff yeah. out there. Yeah. But I think you should give that a whirl, Spencer. What, what, what's your Japanese pronunciation? S-P-E-N. I don't think sir is a thing over there. Spenskaker. <laughs> you you're like one of those names they couldn't pronounce probably. So well, how how would they would they just try to say my name in English then? Like whenever Yeah, they would have to. But usually they throw on just some shit. Like Gillabuba or you know, Gillabu. <laughs> so you would be Spencer, but I think maybe they'd just call you Spencer, I don't know. Oh Genji Miyazawa. Miyazawa was a Japanese poet and author of children's literature in the late Tashio? Taisho in early Shawa periods. I have not seen the O's with the squigglies over them in Japanese before. I wonder if that changes the pronunciation. You would think. Because O is just O. It's a, you know, O sound, but Taisho. But with the squiggly, so I don't... Or is it always a squiggly? I haven't got that far in my Japanese lessons. I'm not progressing very fast. I'm still learning the goddamn phonology or phonetic language, their letters. So he's a... Author of, I don't even know what period that is. The Shawa period. Was it 1700s, maybe? Mm. Almost completely unknown as a poet while alive, Kenji's work gained its fame after his death. Some of his major works include the posthumously published Night of the Galactic Railroad, as well as Gaushe the Cellist, 
Kaze no Matsuburo in the night of uh, in the night of Taniya Magahara. I think I said that right. It seems Taneyagamahara. Yeah, it's a really long word. There, there was a lot of words in that that I never read out loud. Like posthumously, I've never read that out loud. No. Fucking, I don't know what a goosh is. And cellist, I've never read out loud. I almost said cellist, like an idiot. <laughs> I did butcher Matsuburo, but that's okay. That's like there's like fourteen letters in that word, <laughs> right? <laughs> With the Taniyagamahara. Yeah. Taniyamagahara. By the way, to anybody listening, the reason why I spell things out a lot and try to pronounce it right, even though we should just skip it. Is because I like to learn words. Yeah. We're trying to learn here. That's the point of this podcast. Dave's a motherfucking wordsmith. I'm a goddamn wordsmith that can't speak English too well. Too good. I can't speak it too good. Kanye West? You've been Kanye West? Hey, I'm just doing my Kanye best. So shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. Ooh, I've read... I only read one book. I'm going to shoot on this next one a little bit. Oh, yeah? I'm going to shoot on this Nobel Prize winning Japanese writer. I think he's the first uh, Nobel Prize winning Japanese writer. Beat out my man Yukio Mishima, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Yazunari Kawabata. Kawabata was the first Japanese author to receive the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1968. Snow Country, Thousand Cranes, and Beauty and Sadness are a few of his most cherished works. I read Snow County because... I said, I don't know. I haven't read too many Nobel Prize winning works, and especially Japanese. I'll check this fella out. Yeah. Beautifully written. Gorgeous imagery. Boring as fuck. <laughs> it was about, I think it was about, yeah, it was about a guy and a geisha, and I think they fall in love in a snowy mountain somewhere. But goddamn, that wasn't a very long book, but it felt like it took years. Not a paint. It's, it's, it's like I read The Stand, but I was drunk each no. time I read it and only had one eye open. Like It took so long. I don't know why. And it was a good book, but at the same time, it was one of those ones like, I really need to be in the mood for this. I needed to have uh, like a mojito, be on the beach somewhere, and just a month off of work. And then I worked my way through that book. But Or maybe read it in a snowy mountain. I do want to, I read some of his short stories that were good. It's just... Some of that early, it's it's like American fiction. Some of that early twentieth century oh, writing yeah. is rough. Oh yeah, I and mean, just just to think, well, even with any kind of media from back in that day, like if you looked at like listen to radios or like the first like you know silent things and stuff yeah. like that, it's just it's so different from stuff now. Well, like if you watch like Gone with the Wind or something along those lines. You kind of got to prep for that. You don't just go into watching it now. You have to be like, okay, I need to focus my mind in a different way because if not, I'm just going to, f- you know, zone out and fall asleep or something. Bang it, bang it, bang it. Mm, mm. Bang, bang, bang. We need a little turntable in here. Maybe that'll be next. Yeah? Doing the dishes now? Oh, you're going to have a giant drink? Oh, Wash you get, down your Taco Bell. Get, you have some water. Getting your, uh, getting your Tupperware back out again. <laughs> no, I'm not. Ah, tus bebe agua. Magum. Me gusta. Hey. jingdis. I can only assume dirty things that being said right now. I said I'm from America. I don't know too many phrases in Japanese yet. I definitely can't form the words in Japanese in my head. That's... 
It's not a it's too advanced. What what are you eating? Is that a boyan cube? Oh. Why would you eat a boyan cube? That's gross. Your vitamin B. Uh, you, you don't start acting right. I'm gonna give you some vitamin D. You know. What I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'll be sleeping outside tonight. Didn't see that coming. <laughs> oh, that's just gross. Ew. You're nasty. Yeah. This is a family show. Why'd you yeah. say something like that? What the fuck are you doing now? You just this person doesn't drink rum out of the blender straight. <laughs> she says you're drinking water. I just saw red stuff. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry for the second interruption, folks. What was that word? Misan or something I said again? That means friends. Misanon. Next up. Kyoichi Kadayama. See, that's the kind of things that fuck me up. I can say Kyo and I can say Chi, but they threw that I in the middle, so it's Kyoichi. Imagine saying that fast when you're drunk. Kyoichi Kadayama. Kadayama is best known for his melodrama novel Socrates in Love. I heard of that. Which revolves around narrator... Sakataro Matsumoto, Recollections of a School Classmate Whom He Once Loved. It has since been adapted into a manga, a film, as well as a television drama. I'll let you check that guy out too, Spencer. No, okay, I'm going to give you 50 Japanese. Uh, that's your book report. <laughs> okay. No, you'll get the... Uh, who was it? Was it Kenji? No, it wasn't Kenji. It was Kenzo. Kenzo Kitiakatara. Katakata Hataka. The Yakuza mobster. Yeah. We'll look that up after we're done with this episode on Amazon. Just see if his books arouse your uh, Ooh, your arouse intellect. My fancy. This next author is very controversial. I've discussed him many times. And his writing, I'm reading Spring Snow from him right now. I'm like almost done with it. His writing is beautiful, but again, like the same with uh, Yazanari, sometimes it can be a little dry and boring in parts. But next up, Yukio Mishima. Japanese author, poet, playwright, actor, film director, founder of the Tenteinoki, an avid nationalist, Mashima is well known for both his writing and his political views. His works include the novels Confessions of a Mask, as well as The Temple of the Golden Pavilion, and the autobiographical essay Sun and Steel. His avant-garde work displayed a mix of modern and traditional aesthetics that shattered cultural boundaries, mainly focus on, focusing on sexuality, political change, and death. And that's our last one on the list. Yukio Mishima was an interesting man because he was, you know, I think he started off kind of as a weekly child. Like his dad kept throwing away his writings because he yeah, was too effeminate. He wanted to be, he came from a samurai family. He's like, the, mm. they call him the last samurai in Japan. And uh, we discussed him before about his suicide, cutting his head off and all that shit. But he, uh, he was interested in me because he tried to exclude, exude this super manly machismo. He worked out and he was one of the first Japanese bodybuilders. And uh, in Confessions of a Mask, which is his first book that made him famous, I think it was his first book, he pretty much comes out as a gay man because like the whole book is kind of semi-autobiographical. And it was very clear that he was a gay man. But for his, his whole life, he had a family, he raised kids, and he... Uh, there was always rumors that he went off to like gay, whatever gay bars they had back then or bathhouses or something. So he was like a gay man that was living in the closet, I would guess. And uh, But it was just very, it's like a gay man's going to whoop your ass, you know? Yeah. Except for he was like five foot, so I don't know. <laughs> Maybe in J- Japan, he would whoop your ass. Over here, he'd be a little small. Like Japan's like Tom Cruise? I guess. Allegedly. Less douchey. Allegedly. He's allegedly short? Uh, no, but the... Gay- oh, the gayness. Yeah. I thought you were going with the shortness. No, Tom Cruise is a uh, 
one hundred hetero, one hundred percent heterosexual male. Mm-hmm. He's vibrant. Maybe that's why he jumps from fucking helicopters and shit all the time for real, like in his movies. Because he's just like, I'm not gay. So he just jumps off a of heavy, you know, shit. Until, like, the more crazy shit he does, the more you don't pay attention to his gayness, I guess. I mean, he had a kid with Katie Holmes. Maybe. I don't know if that's his baby. No, he's dating Nicole Kidman. He put his penis in her, right? I mean, yeah. Why wouldn't you? Maybe not now. She's kind of plastic-faced. But <laughs> back then. Hey, she's a nice lady. She's Australian. She's Aquaman's mom. <laughs> yeah. She was alright in that movie. You know who I don't like? Amber Heard. You were, yeah, I, especially since when it came out that, uh... I didn't like her acting to begin with. While she was a little wooden in Aquaman, she was alright, because... I don't know, I feel like they kind of put her in there to be more of a... The sex appeal. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have enough of that with Jason Momoa. Yeah, you didn't, you didn't need that lady. But I, I just, after she, what she did to Johnny Depp, everybody shit on that man. Everybody said, oh, he's a beater, and he's all this. And I was like, Johnny, no. And then it came out, she did the beating. So not only was he innocent, but she did the beating. I just, that's that's pretty fucked up, man. It is. It's pretty f- f- fucked up. But uh, beating women and men aside, did you see the new Watchmen trailer? I did. What'd you think? Um, Not very Watchmen-esque. No. They had Warshack masks, other but... Other than, like, cheap Warshack masks, I don't know... People, we didn't get anything kind of story-wise or anything like that, so I don't... I'm interested to see, like, is this going to be, like, an, like how far after Watchmen? Who... I don't... I mean, it clearly I after anything. everybody dies or whatever, or at least Rorschach dies, I feel almost like a fight club group, like a group of mayhem kind of forms... And they're a counterculture group, or you said V for Vendetta, that, just, whatever that, that kind of, yeah. yeah, like that because kind of like the, anarchist, those, maybe. Well, because like those police guys had like yellow. Everybody like yeah, had, like, that's why I th- cover masks. See, that's why stuff. I thought the uh, Fight Club, because remember the waiter, the police, everybody was a secret member of Fight Club at the end of that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I didn't think it looked that good. I mean, I think it would be good, just not Watchmen. It didn't yeah. catch my, it didn't capture my imagination. Yeah, seen it. I didn't, like, if if somebody told me, like, if I didn't know that was a Watchmen trailer, other than already knowing, like, the people that was in it, I wouldn't have known. I couldn't have got that from the trailer. And, I like, I haven't done that much looking into the series or anything like that, so maybe, like, another trailer or something will show some more stuff like that, but I don't know. The, the trailer that I saw recently that got me super fucking hyped was the newest uh, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. I did not watch it because I haven't seen Endgame yeah, yet. Yeah, do not watch it if you haven't yeah, seen I Endgame. Yeah, perp- I gotta fucking see it, but I just haven't had the goddamn free time. But they, they just, the things that they kind of portray in that, because like I said, they, there's some spoilers from Endgame, so like I won't talk about it, but they, they reveal, reveal something in this trailer, and it's just like... Yeah, the Spider-Man oh. came out with uh, Spider-Aids, right? Yes. 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 That's what I thought. You're not ruining it for me, Spencer. Mm-hmm. Let's wrap this bitch up. Yeah. Fit something minutes onto it. You doing the Pittsburgh Comics Podcast tonight? Yeah. Figured as much. Alright. Okay, folks... Um, Sayonara Tomodachi. You gonna say anything? Sayonara Tanaski. Fucking sad.
And Mindy's here. Mother motherfucker. Mother motherfucker. She coming here? Could be good. So I was fucking this big black ass, right? Just bam, bam, right in the butthole, getting all up in it, poop everywhere. Oh, hi, Mindy. Didn't see you there. Nuts slapping on nuts. I'm getting up. Oh, nuts slapping. Nitro's excited. Yeah. You came at the perfect time. We were just having technical difficulties. What do you got going on here? Thanks, baby. What what is this? Matte clay. Is it the same thing? Is that like nut cream or something? Okay. You put this on your ball hair and it makes it smooth as eggs. Well, it's new. It says it's, you know, medium to high hold English. I think it's the exact same thing. It's not the same thing. Smell them. Oh, like a different flavor? You're welcome. I just said thank you. I appreciate it. It's on tape. Much. You can you can. Yeah, I can you play can. it back. Mother, mother, fuck. Can on the floor. Dog's drunk. <laughs> Jeez. Well, oh, now, is that the Apache helicopter right here? No, that was just a truck. So, what, wait, how old, how old is Nacho now? Four. He's old enough to drink. Yeah, so what? He's like in his 30s now. Right? I got him a dog beer for his second birthday, and he threw up everywhere. <laughs> Remember that? It was just like chicken broth or something, but it was in a bottle. He didn't. He got hung over, I think. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? It's not as good as what's in the box. No. No, it's not. They rip you off. Where is it from? Well, you went to Taco Bell. <laughs> what do you expect? They raced it the fuck up. It, like, Rice is bad for you? I mean... It goes right to your ass. It's kind of carby, but like... Or wait, shoots out of your ass. That's, oh, it's Taco yeah. Bell. But I asked for extra chicken, and it just like... It doesn't look like much. I think she said less chicken. I feel like in the restaurant business, the thought that counts doesn't apply. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Hey, whatever, man. I was going to work out later, so Taco Bell should uh, really aid in that. What if you're like doing a squat and you just can't get that last little, you know, you get stuck at the bottom? Just use your rocket shit to, you know, get you out of trouble. Right. Apparently, Ashley refers to you as the Reverend or Rev now. I'm not... I saw that. I'm not sure what that... Impl- he said Reverend, and then he had in parentheses comics, and I went with it. So when he hears this... I don't. I mean, I told him you probably wouldn't care because I call you way worse names. Yeah, but I'm not I exactly saw, sure. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter because he uh, he shared one of the the reviews. One of my yeah, reviews, so. my mind went straight to preacher or something like that. Yeah, or I don't, yeah, or maybe I, I'm just I'm Lord like if comics are religion. Yeah, um, I guess. See, I always take things too far, so I would have been like. I don't know. You'd have had a longer name. You'd have been like the Reverend Funkmaster or something. It wouldn't have just been normal. Um, yeah, I probably should ask them about that, but I, I, again, we're starting this.